Welcome to Think About This. I'm Alexis Dean, and I am so glad you're here. For years, I've been building a community of high-performing, high-impact, wildly generous, and supportive entrepreneurs. I've made a lot of introductions between incredible people, and I always wish that I could learn from the conversations that take place after those introductions. On this show, you and I will get to be part of the conversation as I bring together two successful entrepreneurs for peer-to-peer support and discussions that normally happen behind closed doors. Listen in as we solve fascinating business challenges with lessons and ideas that apply across industries. Get ready to learn, expand, and grow. This is the Think About This podcast, brought to you by the Dovetail community. This week's problem we're tackling, how do you prepare for, enjoy, and plan your return from a mat leave or a pat leave? when your business is growing and you're busier than ever. I'm in my 30s and most of my friends in my age group are either already parents or they're pregnant. Planning to have children is no small feat and it's an even bigger challenge if you're running a growing business. It can be even more of a challenge if you're the one carrying the baby and your co-parent is also the co-founder in your business. Lucky for you and I, I've got two amazing founders on today's episode to talk about how they and their partners are making the most of this special time in their lives. I haven't had kids yet, but I learned so much from today's episode that the prospect of having a baby and leaving my business for a mat leave is much less daunting. In this episode, I'm talking to Megan Rafuse and Aaron Burry, two amazing entrepreneurs who are also Dovetail alumni. I'm so lucky to know these women in real life, and they've both made such an impact on my life. I've learned so much from watching them grow their businesses and now watching them grow their families. At the time of this recording, Meg's baby Miller is just four months old. And Erin's about to have a baby in about four months. Megan Rafuse is the co-founder and CEO at Shift Collab, an integrated healthcare company that offers both therapy and mental wellness education in a simple, relatable, and actionable way. Practicing as a registered social worker and clinical therapist for 10 years, Megan has worked with fellow entrepreneurs, executives, creatives, and young leaders to examine their limiting beliefs, challenge their inner imposter voice, and build confidence to share their struggles openly. In short, Megan is an expert in helping leaders take their masks off and discover their own power and vulnerability. Megan's approach has demystified the cliche image of a stuffy therapist, making the exploration of her mental health a normal thing. In her current role, she has taken Shift Collab from a small practice to a team of over 95 therapists and educators. And she's made the company a leading provider of therapy and mental wellness training to top companies, institutions, and insurance groups across North America. She's also created a number of high-profile mental health education programs, such as Real Campus, a student assistant program, and What's Your Big Lie, which has been presented to over half a million people around the world and counting. Erin Burry is an entrepreneur, marketer, former journalist, and startup advisor. She's the co-founder and CEO at Willful, which is an online estate planning platform that makes it easy for Canadians to create a will in less than 20 minutes. At Willful, she's responsible for driving the company's mission to make it easier for Canadians to prepare for and deal with death in a digital age. She previously spent six years running a Toronto-based creative communications agency, 88 Creative, and she was on the founding team at a startup publication called BetaKit. Erin's a frequent speaker with Speaker Spotlight, and she's appeared in publications including the New York Times, Forbes, and CNN. She's the co-chair of Tech for Sick Kids, Council at Sick Kids Hospital, and she's on the board at Save the Children Canada. By the end of the conversation, you'll have some great advice for planning to take time away from the day-to-day operation of your business, whether that's for a mat leave or anything else. You'll have some great questions to ask yourself and your partner about parenting while running your business, 
and you'll have some food for thought about approaching the next big chapter in your life and work. I love today's conversation and I know you will too. Let's get started. All right, I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. We were already chatting a little bit offline and I was like, I need to hit record now because there are so many valuable things being shared. Um, so I'm here with Aaron and Megan. And Aaron, I just want you to pose that first question that you just shared offline uh, with Meg and kind of where are you at right now with getting closer, you're six months pregnant today, and uh, getting closer to having the baby and going off on mat leave. What is your biggest question right now for Megan? Yeah. Well, first, thanks, Alexis, for bringing us together. And Megan, super excited to learn from you. I guess my biggest question is just, you know, how do you, how do you prepare to go on mat leave when you're a founder? But more importantly, how do you set expectations with yourself and your team about what that mat leave is going to look like, knowing that, as many people have said to me, you don't really know how you're going to feel about how long you want to be away until you're actually in the moment. Yes. <laughs> I have to say yes to that, Erin, because that's exactly what I'm going through right now, even. And so as we have our dialogue today, you know, I think that question is really important. I'm four months in and I don't necessarily know how long I want to be off yet or what that will look like. But what I do want to say is, Alexis, thank you for bringing us together. And I have to say that today is my first um, podcast interview, any kind of interview, any kind of work event um, since I had my baby four months ago. And wow. so the nerves are a little high. I feel like it's kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, but I'm really excited to be here. So thanks, Alexis, for well, having Thanks me. for being here. I didn't realize this was your first. I'm so honored and I'm so glad. I feel like this conversation is just the perfect way to step back in or step a toe back in. Meg, where do we go from here? I mean, I know Aaron was asking about mat leave and how do you make those decisions? Like, I feel like that's probably 80 questions in one. But going into your maternity leave, um, what are some things that you wish you knew or that you did that you're so grateful that you did? Um, that Erin might be knowing that she needs to know now, or I think a lot of the time it's like, we don't even know what we don't know until we're in it. Right. So yeah, totally. what do you think? What would be totally. some advice that you might share for Aaron? Um, oh, man. Into this? So I remember when I was thinking about going off on mat leave and I was trying to poll people and I was like, I don't know, am I making the right choice uh, for thinking about, I might only want to take two months off, three months off, five months off. And it felt like this big, overwhelming decision. And just like this question kind of feels a little bit big. It's thinking about how do I prepare myself for going on mat leave when it comes to planning for work, planning for my team, setting people up for success and the company up for success. How do I plan with my partner who uh, I also run the company with and parent with? how do we plan our time off together? What would that look like? Is he going to take some time off? Um, and how we set up our team to have both of the company leaders off. And then it just came down to a lot of questions about how do I want to be when I'm off? What's most important to me when it comes to being a mother? 
what does that look like? What kind of parent uh, do I want to be, especially in those early days? And on top of all of that, I think it was, you know, a lot of the, well, what are my limits even leading up to going off? When am I going to be off for mat leave? Am I going to wait until I have the baby? Am I going to take a few weeks off beforehand? And honestly, I could go on and on about all of these thoughts that just were swirling around in my head. And I actually, it was our COO at Shift Collab who gave me the best advice. And she said, you know what, Megan, you don't have to know everything all at once. But what we need from you as our leader is to give us a little bit of direction around what you're hoping for when you're off. So if you can do a little bit of journaling and a little bit of thinking about what's most important to you, I want you to consider that. And she gave me a caveat that said, we will be fine if you are off for a year. We will be fine if you do knowledge transfer transfer ahead of time and set us up for success. We will be fine if you decide at six months you want to come back early. All of that will be fine. And so it was almost like my COO gave me permission, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think at the time I really needed. And what I gave her was a lot of future planning. So I recognized that I have to do knowledge transfer because I'm holding all this information in my brain and it's responsible of me to share all of this prior to leaving. I worked with her to set our company up with really strong hires, both to replace me while I'm off and to continue to scale and grow the business. So there was some hires that I was kind of dragging my feet on. And I said, you know what, I'm going to be off this, this, baby is going to propel me to recognize that my life probably also won't look the same one year, two years, five years down the line, I am going to be a parent. And so I need to set the business up in a way that will sustain me as a parent long-term. And so I really worked with our COO on that. The other thing that I think is really important is I recognized that I was feeling really socially conscious about what it meant to be the CEO mom. Mm -hmm. And there's so much social pressure to be this, you know, I'm the CEO and I'm a mom and I have it all together. And I started to think, I said, well, I don't know anyone who really promotes themselves as like CEO dad. And I thought, you know, regardless of that, this is two different jobs. When it comes to my team, I would never tell an employee to take on two roles and slam them together and say, you're going to have really good success in both. I would say, let's slow down a little bit and think about what your title is. And so for me, considering it that way, I thought, you know what, job number one, while I'm pregnant is to think about my role as CEO and how I'm going to set the company up for success outside of work, how I'm going to plan what that looks like, how I'm going to deal with having a baby, all the prenatal classes. And then job two I'm going to start a whole new job. I'm going to leave the CEO job a few weeks before having a baby. And I am going to start this new job as a mom. And I don't know what that job is going to be like. It's a first day. I'm starting fresh. But I gave myself permission to not feel like I had to do both at the same time. Because I Mm -hmm. think that would not have set me up for success in this role. And so honestly, I think it is a learning curve. But I think for me, the biggest piece was that emotional piece of, you know, who am I going to be in the new role? What do I have to let go of? I'm used to holding control. Raising a little human uh, doesn't mean that you're always in control. And so there was a lot of, a lot of emotional work and really thinking about how I separate those two roles instead of putting the pressure on myself to be both at the same time. 
that's such a great point. Cause I feel like even just the external pressure of doing both. Right. I, I think it's Randy Zuckerberg who famously said like, you know, sleep, friends, health, like there's all of these things, like pick a couple at the same time, but you can't do them all well. And there's also this sense that I always get from my friends of mom guilt, which is, you know, you want to be this amazing mom who like sews the Halloween costumes and does the like star shaped sandwiches in the bento box lunch bag. But you also want to be this amazing career person. And I've always felt lucky because my mom was super career driven. Like she was a marketing executive at Nortel. She was always the breadwinner. Um, and I had this example of like literally cutting eye holes in a sheet and going as a ghost and like, you know, her traveling every, you know, two weeks out of every month, uh, including on my birthday every year. And like, I turned out great and we have an amazing relationship. And if anything, I'm so grateful that I saw that example of her working hard because it made me ambitious. It made me want to be the breadwinner. It made me want to have this like big career. So I, I feel lucky that actually having that example, I don't really have a lot of that sense of like, I have to be everything to this child and I have to be everything to the business. I think there's a way to kind of be great at both, but not at the same time, right? Like on a Saturday, I'm going to be the best mom on a Tuesday. Kev's going to be the best dad. And like, that's cool. I don't need it 24 seven. So I think that's refreshing to hear as well. And just the point about your COO, I mean, I think the natural place to start when you're talking about mat leave is getting the people in place that are going to be able to carry things forward. And luckily we invested in hiring a COO, also a female, which is amazing. And she's fantastic. She's been in the business since uh, April, 2020, knows it really well. There's certainly stuff that I hold in my head that she doesn't hold in hers and an amount, an element of training. But the peace of mind that the business is going to be 100% fine, whether I come back after two days or a year, is like worth its weight in gold. Yes. That was it for me too, that it was almost like this emotional relief where I was like, you know what? My first baby is going to be okay. And that allowed me to be able to say, okay, well, now I want to think about my actual baby, the real human baby. And I too, like you, Erin, grew up with a mom who was ambitious and worked hard. And my dad used to send me to entrepreneur camp. And, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, there was this expectation that I placed on myself and it came from nobody else that I have to have it all together. And part of being a mom uh, so far for me has been letting go of that expectation on myself. And so I'm not going to have it all together. And there is from in my family, two parents, and I don't want to feel like I have to control everything or be the gateway. I want Jordan to be a parent and an equal parent also. And he very much, I'm really grateful to say he's stepped up to that role. I don't have to teach. I don't have to, you know, pass on information before I had to do an interview or go out to see some girlfriends. And something that I've really learned um, since being off that I really didn't consider before being off is that, hey, I actually have an equal parent. How we divide our workday looks a little bit different now than previously, but I do have an equal partner in the parenting realm that has really been um, supportive and also has been going through his own uh, questioning of, of how he engages with the business during this time when our son is an infant. And so it's been, it's been an adventure for sure. So how did you tackle 
the prep for that. Like, I actually don't think Kevin, I, we've kind of, I feel like maybe I'm in denial about how far along I am. And like that November actually isn't that far away from us recording this on July 19th. Uh, but we've kind of like roughly said like, yeah, you'll take some time off and I'll take some time off and it'll be great. And we'll, you know, Julia's going to do a bang up job and, and then we'll go from there. But I feel like I kind of, we kind of need to have a discussion about the specifics of it. So did you, cause I'm assuming you both took some time off at the beginning. Did you both decide to take like a longer period of parental leave where you've both been out of the business for quite a while? Yes. So not unlike you, I, I think, you know, at, at the 24 week mark, I was like, okay, so we're, we're, we're pregnant. We're going to make this human. Um, all of a sudden our life is going to change. Um, my due date was end of March, early April. And so we thought, all right, well, we'll just figure it out. And so I'm lucky that again, we have a COO who says, why don't we plan for this? And so we were kind of like, yeah, 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 Jordan will take some time off. And I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. And she sat us down and said, no, 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 let's plan. And so I think it was about two months before my due date was when we really start to, started to think about, okay, what, what do we really need so we can both be off? How long does he want to be off? And about a month before my due date, he said, actually, you know what? I know I thought I wanted four weeks off. I actually want seven or eight. My team said, okay, great. How, what do we need to do to facilitate that? And so he and I actually had a lot of conversations um, as partners to talk about what do we actually want the first few months of our baby's life to look like. Um, we've been in the business together for about four years. Um, we know that we can solve challenges together pretty well. And we wanted this new adventure as parents. I wanted to, you know, have time during the first week of our son's life to just wear pajamas and hang out and, you know, figure out how to feed a baby and figure out how we burp him. I wanted to be on that journey together. And so I'm grateful that our company structure allowed for us to take that time off together. One thing that did come up actually, uh, which was really unexpected, is I actually ended up having a really bad case of mastitis. And I was in the hospital. I had a really tough time. And his very first week back after eight weeks, he was like, oh, sorry, team. Uh, I need to take another week off because Meg is not well. And had we not had a lot of that planning done ahead of time, I think it would have been really tough uh, for him to say, oh my gosh, I've been back for a day and now I have to be off. But our team was just like, okay, great. Like we've got it covered. We'll push deliverables till next week. And so that was really nice. But I think the most important thing for us was really to talk about how do we work together in the company in a way that allows me to take a longer period of time off, him to take a shorter time, but for us both to take it at the same time. And how do we work together as life partners? Because we're actually not used to focusing on our personal life together. So we make time for date nights and, you know, we, we have a family business coach and we work really hard, but this was a project where we were going to be spending a lot of time together. And so we talked a lot about what do we want that to look like? What kind of parents do we want to be? Um, what do we value? What's important um, to us? Especially even, you know, what is the birth going to be like? How, like, how do we want, we did a prenatal class together, which was really fun. And so I really think the lead up of like, not only thinking about how do we plan to be off together, but how do we plan to be parents together was a really important um, planning piece. 
are you and your partner having conversations like that? Like, are you talking about, you know, who do we want to be as parents and how do we want to engage uh, with each other and with our baby during the first few months or weeks? Or are you having those discussions? It's interesting because I'd say no, but with the caveat that I don't have a lot of interest in having those types of discussions. And I don't know if it's just because I'm kind of like laissez-faire about all of this, like we're going to figure it out. Millions of people have, like if we have a, and, and also because I think it's ignorance is bliss in some senses. Like I don't want to take a prenatal class because I'm already aware of the nightmare that has to happen. And I'd rather just go in totally blind and be like unpleasantly surprised than to learn breathing techniques and have them show me a video. So, um, you know, I, I think part of it is intentional in that I'm like intentionally kind of not filling my brain with a lot of that, knowing that I'm going to be okay. It's going to be great. There's professionals. Um, and part of it also, I think is we've taught, we've been together since we were 23. So inherently over that 15 year period, we've talked about that stuff, right? Like maybe we should articulate it. This is actually getting me thinking a lot about like sitting down and having some of those conversations, but um, I think we kind of are on the same page about it, maybe just not having articulated it in, in a conversation, but it's interesting around that. Like the thing I love most about Kev being my co-founder in the business is like, he's always there and he knows everything like about my personal life and business. And he's kind of always been like that, like in all of my companies, whether I was working for someone else or it was my own company, Kev, it was always like the joke was Kev was like the mascot because he'd be, you know, at the Christmas party and he'd be like dropping things off and working the front door at our events. And like, I always say to him, I'm like, it's funny. Cause Kev and I don't work that closely together. Um, at the business itself, but I can't imagine running a business without him being there every single minute of every single day. Like that's what I love most. And I feel the same is true about being a parent, right? Like this idea of like, I can't imagine him not taking time in the early days to do those things. A, because I want the help, but B, because it's like, yeah, this is just another part of our life that like, we have to share together. Like I'm not going off and you're working like that's crazy. But on the flip side, the thing that really gets to me is, and I think it's unique to us as people that founded a business with our partners is when he does go back to work, um, if it's before me, it's going to be really weird to know that he's in the other room having work calls. And like, I know myself, I'm going to be like, what was that call about? Who is it with? Well, what's up? I should get on the phone with Julia. Like, that sounds like something I need to weigh in on. And so I'm also trying to like mentally prepare myself for like, seeing Slack messages that I want to comment on or like checking my email because I am a crazy person who checks their email every five seconds. And like, I actually think my worst enemy will be myself and that I'm going to have to like physically like have someone else change my passwords or restrict my access because otherwise um, I'm probably not going to give myself the space to just relax. Yes. I'm, I'm laughing so hard to myself right now because that was me is I, I, I'm not necessarily a meddler, but especially while I'm off and I know that Jordan would be in the other room taking calls, talking to our CFO, planning big partnerships. I was worried about that. And so I, again, I, I think for me in the business, I really value our COO and Jordan, like you, he's always been around my business, even when we didn't work together. And I can't imagine what it would be like without that. 
you know, I, I'm sure you get this too, where people are, say, how do you work with your partner? And I say, actually, it's awesome. And for parenting, it really set us up for success. You know, we're just like, oh, you've got this. All right, great. You know, we really learned how to negotiate pretty simply with each other. But uh, so I leaned a lot on my COO because Jordan will set boundaries with me and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, great. But like, I might still slack, check Slack and he'll be like, yeah, okay. My COO will say, remi- she'll remind me, what kind of mom do you want to be? How do you want to spend your time? And so my last day before Matt leave, um, one in the last few weeks, I really was like, I'm so excited about this baby. I can't wait. I was decorating the nursery and organizing all the diapers and pulling everything together. But two, uh, she really leaned in and said, I think that you should really focus on setting some clear boundaries. And so I deleted Slack from everything. I didn't log into my email for a while. Um, I like took the the work email off of my, my app. And I really said, you know what, if I'm imagining I'm leaving a government job, what would I do? Yeah. And I did that. And I said, you know what, there's going to come a time where I'm going to feel really, really excited about work again and wanting to engage in it. But right now I'm really excited about my baby. I like you was a little nervous about the birth part. Nurses are incredible and help you through it. But I, I actually am so glad because it's hard enough having a partner in the house that's having calls with our CFO, let alone, you know, me holding a baby and feeding the baby and navigating motherhood. I really wanted to have my attention in one place. And so what we decided uh, prior to me going off was that there's going to be set meetings that I'm going to attend, whether that's once a month, every two weeks, um, where I join the leadership meeting. And if it's a really tough day, if mothering is hard that day, if I'm exhausted and don't want to do the meeting, there's an automatic out. So I would feel no shame. We would just reschedule, um, which feels really nice. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, so my team respects that I have this other role and they're cheering me on. And they also respect that they need my input and opinion. And I value that. And so that was something that we set up ahead of time. The last meeting, Jor had the baby on his lap. I got to be in the role, which felt really good. And so I think it's essentially, at least for me, was finding a balance between where did I feel like work was going to impose and how did I set a clear boundary? So the day-to-day, I don't necessarily need to know about that. Jor has an outside office in our garage, so he takes his calls out there. That's Um, nice. And I get to be partner. So we say, I say, are you telling me this as your partner or as the CEO? And we talk about things that way. And then I love the times I get to check in because it's really cool having updates about what the company has been doing without me, which also helps me to elevate my role as CEO when I return. So it Mm -hmm. helps me to recognize where was I meddling? Where was I having a hard time seeing the bigger picture? Because I was stuck in the weeds. And so now I'm out of the weeds and it feels really nice. And my team really values that. And so I wouldn't be the best CEO for them if I constantly was meddling on all the little details while holding a baby and trying to respond with one hand. So for me, you know, it gave me perspective about how do I really respect them in their work and how do I ensure that I get to check in and still feel connected without also (laughs) bugging Jor to tell me everything that happens. 
And so that's how we set it up. It's working really well so far. Um, it could change. It, next month, I might say, I, I want to come back. You know, I don't know what that's going to be, but that's how I navigate it to ensure that that standing meeting is where I get to ask all the questions and be all so involved. And then I don't feel anxious on the day to day. Yeah. And how quickly after giving birth, did you start going to those meetings? Yeah. So or I having thought, the option of it. <laughs> yeah. I thought like initially we said two weeks I was being induced. Uh, so I was like, oh, I know my due date. This will be great. I ended up having an emergency C-section. And so two weeks was not happening. The team sent me well wishes and we planned it for two weeks later. And so it was about, I would say a month, a month was the first one. And it was a quick call. Six weeks was when I was like, oh, I can kind of start thinking about this. It's true what they say, at least in my experience, I I feel like I blinked and now I have a four month old. And so, you know, I, I think... I think it really depends, which is why if you could set it up with your team where there is that kind of flexibility, it's really nice. It's also common in the mum world. So one thing I also would recommend is really focus on building connection with women who are pregnant at the same time as you. So whether it's like prenatal yoga or, you know, finding women who are pregnant at the same time, because that's who I spend a lot of time with right now talking to, and they don't know really much about what I do. They, they know, like I work in mental health, you know, we talk about work sometimes, but it is such a nice feeling to also have this area where I can develop my skill set as a mom and engage with other moms and take off, off that hat. And so I get to be mom over there and CEO every two weeks to a month when the company needs me. And it, it feels really good for me. That's a great point. I have actually a WhatsApp group with other pregnant women in tech. So it's not really outside the space, but all we talk about in that group, like we don't talk about work. We talk about like, and they're all like, you want to talk organization? Like they have like air table charts with like all the things to buy. I'm like, guys, I am a really organized type A planner. And like, I have not thought about any of this stuff. It's hilarious how organized tech people are when it comes to having children. But I feel like that's a really, one of the things that you said there that really stuck out to me was giving your team the permission to step up. And I think I kind of learned this last week because in our one-on-one, my COO, Julia said, you know, Hey, have you put any thought into kind of like the plan and and what we're going to do? And I'm like, yep, I've started like mapping out, you know, a process doc of like, here's the thing Aaron knows that no one else knows and the instructions and all of that type of stuff. Um, and who would take that over within the business. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to take that long. And like, I'm probably going to like start popping into meetings right away. And she's like, I just want you to know, like, I got this covered. Like I can do this. I got, I got it covered. I don't want you to feel like you have to come back early. And she didn't say this, but I definitely felt that it was kind of this, like, it would be okay if you left for a while and didn't meddle because I actually want to prove myself and I want to prove that I can do it. And if you're constantly sticking your hand into the honeypot, it's going to feel like you never really left. And I never really got an opportunity to do that. And to your point, Megan, I feel like there are so many things I'm in the weeds on because how can you not be, especially for me having a PR background and a marketing background, I find I'm very in the weeds with that. Like, what are you guys doing? And how can I help? And like, 
they're probably going to be so glad that I do not contact them for like eight weeks that they can just like get their stuff done and go on with their planning. And so I think to your point, it's also this really unique opportunity to kind of see what your team is capable of and reflect on where they need you and actually to give them permission to say, when I come back in, I want you to tell me what to start, stop, continue where I was meddling too much, where, where I can add the most value Um, And you can't do that if you don't step out for a period of time. Yeah. And that's such good perspective. I think, you know, as, as visionaries and leaders, we kind of like to meddle and we like to know what's going on. And I think at least for me, you know, the therapist in me was like, yeah, but like, you know, I I really still want to be a therapist when I return. And then the CEO in me was like, no, 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 you're going to elevate. What does that look like? And part of my, my journey since being off has been, I don't have to decide that right now, but how cool is it that I have space to think about it? And there is something really special about, you know, having this time off, letting your team show what they can do, and then having space to kind of think about where do I want to be, you know, in the next year or five years, which, which in the weeds, I think about it, but not in the same capacity that I've been able to, especially right now. I mean, initially babies nap a lot too. So yes. you still get a little bit of time, a little bit of time uh, for you. And it's really cool to trust your team. So I hired a, a clinical director and I, I thought, you know what, I, I, I don't even know what I want that role to be, but I know that I need that because when I'm off, our clinicians need support. And now that I hired the clinical director, I realized that wasn't even the right role for me to begin with. And so I like to think, you know, being on that leave, I'm going to start thinking about, was I spending my time doing the right activities? So when I go back, I'll be, I'll be a better leader. And that's something that I never really considered ever in my career. Um, I know, you know, run like clockwork, they say, take a month off. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll take a month off, but I'll still engage in thinking about the business and being in the business and meddle. This for the first time for me has been the time that I'm like, actually, no, I'm not meddling. So what is it that I can see now? What's changed in terms of my perspective? And that's been a gift, I'd say. Well, and I feel like you also have this sense, anyone has this sense in their career, but especially as an entrepreneur that like the place is going to fall apart without me. And every time an employee says this to me, I always laugh. And I say in the nicest way, I mean this with all the love and respect in the world, we are going to be fine without you. And if not, like there's a bigger problem, which is that you haven't set up systems and processes to, for things to be successful. So I always keep reminding myself of that, that if the business being successful hinges on me being physically present every day, I mean, we're in the business of succession planning at Willful. This is actually an excellent exercise to say, if Aaron got hit by a bus, which is something we actually probably plan for more than the average company, knowing that we think about this stuff a lot, but you know, it's not a given that founders will be able to be in the business every day and people have to step out because of family emergencies or things like that. And most of them are pretty unprepared because they haven't really sat down to do that brain dump of, okay, what are the big things that I handle? Like fundraising and vision and strategy today. One of the small things I wrote down was like, I'm the birthday reminder. Like I remind our virtual assistant, like it's this person employee's birthday, like that we can automate that. Like, should the CEO really be in charge of birthday reminders? No, probably. Probably not. Right. So to your point, that list that I create is also going to be me analyzing it being like, you dummy, you never should have been doing that stuff. Like, why didn't you offload that months ago? Right. Um, And hopefully having a more high value list when I come back. 
I mean, I agree. The birthday reminders are important, but you can automate that. And what a cool thing. I, I actually was the gifter. So I too was like, can someone else maybe do this? Um, and that felt really good. I think for me, one of the things, you know, if I, if I go a little deeper, one of the things that I struggled with was, am I going to be replaceable? And am I going to become irrelevant? Who am I going to be, you know, in the company, in the world? Will I have a platform? What will this look like? And, you know, I think in a way I've been able to find fulfillment, not worrying about that. I don't have to craft the best story of who I am right now. I just get to be Megan, who's learning how to be a mom. And for me, that's felt really powerful in a way because, I did feel a lot of pressure of, you know, who am I in this role? Who I am, who am I in the company? What does that, you know, how, in terms of succession, you know, how would the business run without me if I chose to take on a whole other career path or role? And so I think when it comes to being a mom, it's given me this sense of fulfillment that I didn't really anticipate. And so it's, it's been really nice. Um, I've been a dog mom and I don't know if you can hear a dog whining at my door right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Alexis dog set my first baby, Uh, but it was a big fear for me. And on top of that, being a clinician and sitting in the therapy room with new moms, uh, women trying to get pregnant women, um, and parents and partners who, were going through this journey, I also think that I was, I was quite anxious about what this journey was going to be for me. So I supported women and partners and people through really tough times getting pregnant, really tough times with child loss or traumatic childbirth, or, you know, what parenting meant living with postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression. And I kind of assumed that my journey would be really difficult. And, you know, for me, I feel really lucky to say that it wasn't, um, you know, I, I didn't have any challenges getting pregnant and my birth overall was relatively smooth, quite long, but smooth. And, you know, part of me was like, I anticipated it being so bad. And that's what anxiety does to me. Um, so I heard all these other stories and I felt so grateful that I learned from these women But at the same time, I was carrying this idea of, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this. This might be worst case. And so I think going into mat leave, I felt the same way. What if the business collapses? And so, you know, within two months of having the baby, I quickly learned, you know, even a day of having the baby, I was like, everything's okay. And my team is okay. And I'm really grateful. Um, And I think, that's a new perspective for me. I didn't know I was so strong. I didn't know I was so resilient. I didn't know, you know, I could grow and birth a human. And so part of that journey has really shaped how I see my business now. And I know they say motherhood changes you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it does. But like, there's other things. And and I actually feel like it's changed me in many ways. But the biggest way is as this perspective where I'm a different person than I was before I gave birth and all those fears that I had haven't really come true. 
And you know what? I, I'm not irrelevant, which was the biggest fear because I have a little person who also relies on me and I have a company that's going well. And so for me, challenging a lot of that narrative was really important before giving birth, uh, especially because I was worried about a lot of things. And so I think if you're anxious, I would say that's really normal because this is a huge identity change, let alone a job change. And so I think that's really important to acknowledge. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. I mean, to be honest, I don't know that I have those anxieties. I mean, I have the natural anxieties of like, you know, I have a lot of friends, I'm 36. So I have a lot of friends who are going through IVF or struggling to get pregnant. So of course you have the fears around like, will I actually get to hold a healthy baby in my arms kind of thing. But my biggest fear is like, what if I love it? Like my whole persona and like my whole being has always been Aaron is the career person, right? Like even in relation to Kev, like everyone always jokes, Kev's wanted kids for like 10 years. Like every year he's like, this is the year I'm like, "Mm, maybe next year. And then when COVID hit, he's like perfect timing. I'm like, yeah, but I have to drink a bottle of wine to get through this right now. So like, no, come back to me in six months. You know, it's always kind of been our brand as a couple that like, I'm going to be the career person and Kev's going to be the stay at home dad, like kind of LOL, but actually not really like he would be very happy with that. And so my biggest fear is like, what if I don't want to go back at all? What if I absolutely love it? And I realize I don't give a crap about my leadership meetings or the values of the company. And I I know that's so silly because I know that it's not binary, right? That things can exist in, um, at the same time and in parallel. But, uh, yeah, I think that's my biggest concern is like, what if I am, I say, I'm going to come back after three or four months. And then I'm like, no, I want the government year. Like I'm, I need more time. And, the only answer to that is like, again, if you set it up for success, it'll be successful. And that ultimately, you know, you can't go from caring about something as much as I care about willful to nothing just because something else is introduced into your life. At least that's what I'm assuming. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, Erin, I think when it comes to at least, and, and today I'm just speaking from my experience, but when it came to thinking about the amount of time I want it to be off, time for me just feels really different lately too. And so I still get up in the morning and get dressed and leave the house. Uh, and there was my, you know, morning routine. Now it's a good two hours and I probably have to change my shirt because they're spit up on me and baby all of a sudden has to eat. Um, and this window went by really fast and now he's not napping. But something that, that I started to consider is, you know, some of my mom friends, also aren't entrepreneurs and they're talking about a year or 18 months. And then I started looking at childcare options and I realized that a lot of um, daycares start at 18 months. And that actually really surprised me. I was like, oh, I thought it was a year. Um, And then full disclosure, I've been messaging with some nannies online and I'm thinking, you know what? I would love to have one day a week um, starting in September maybe a half a day where I get time for me to do the things. And so, you know, Jordan is an incredibly involved equal parent and he will give me that time, but sometimes we just both need time together to do the things. And so for me, it felt like, you know, he's going to be five months then. I feel very secure with um, somebody watching him in our home. 
I, you know, it's like interviewing for the most important job you've ever hired for. Yeah. And so I feel really good about it. And I started to also think, you know, I don't have family support where I live. My family lives in a different province. Um, My partner's family lives away. And I thought, you know what, when people have their family come over, there's no shame in accepting help. And so I'm going to make a decision to set myself up to have a nanny one day, two days, whatever we need as a family so that I can get some things done. And me being able to do these things helps me to be a better mom. So I'm more present when I'm with Miller, I'm more present, you know, during the times when I don't have to think about, oh, I have to make the doctor's appointment and maybe I want to be on this podcast episode. And, you know, it's, it's Wednesday at 11 and I would really love to do a little bit of checking in with our CFO. And so I think that there is no all or nothing right now for me because I, I can't be all or nothing. My, my schedule is dictated by this little human, but I can make decisions that can help me to engage in ways that help me feel more connected. And so for me, you know, I'm really excited about that time. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait. Like maybe I even go get a massage and that's okay too. It's a privileged position to have. And I recognize that, but at the same time, if, if I want 18 months off, but if one day a week allows me to be present in the way that I want to be as an entrepreneur, then that's okay too. And, you know, maybe I try one day a week and I don't like it. So I think being a mom has made my type A personality be like, I can be flexible because being a mom, it's kind of what you, you have to do. Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, and even I was talking to Alyssa from Rate Hub. Um, Cause I remember her telling me when she had her first kid about kind of taking this phased approach, like going back, you know, a ha- one half day a week and then kind of increasing over time, not in the very early days, but a few months in. And so she called me when she found out, when I told her I was pregnant and she said, you know, the best tip I can give you is if possible, if you can make it happen, have a night nurse one or two nights a week, because she said the thing that really prevented me from going back to work when I wanted to was fatigue. It wasn't the baby. Like you said, you could bring, you bring a baby to the meeting, like, you know, have a partner who's, and she also has a really, really amazing partner, Rob. Uh, She's like, it's the sleep thing. And so I think you also have to look at setting up systems in your life, whether it's your family or your, your friends or a mom group or a night nurse or a nanny or whatever that make it conducive. And that's the fallacy. I think the fallacy that we get fed or the myth is that CEO moms are doing it all. They're not, they have help. And, and I don't care who that is. That's helping them. I have zero judgment towards it. I went to like every after school program, friend's house. Like my mom was the one screeching in at 15 minutes after she was supposed to be there and like paying the fine every single day. Like there's to me, no judgment or no shame in getting help. And if you use that time to watch Netflix and get a massage, like great, good for you. Because I also am someone who needs my own time and interests. And I've always been very, a big proponent of like, I'll, I'll do some work on a Sunday, like check emails, get the calendar ready. If there's a big project, of course, but like Friday after work to Sunday morning have always been my sacred time. Like I don't work on Saturdays. Why should I work on Saturdays? Just because I'm an entrepreneur. Like, no, you need time off to recharge and refresh and to come back really excited for the week. And I think the same is probably true of being a mom is like, you're a better human when you are refreshed and when you've had time away from it. Yes. You you nailed it. And being a good mom is essentially 
your own definition of what it means to be a good mom. And so some moms, it's wanting to be on most of the time. Other moms, it's taking the time that they need for self-care and whatever that looks like. And I agree that for me, you know, I want the massage and I want um, a little bit of time off. And I also want to do things with Miller and fellow moms and other kids. And that's really nice too. But there's no perfect version of being a mom. I think we're all just trying our best. Fatigue is very real. Knock on wood, mine is sleeping for 10 hours a night for the past three weeks. And we are like, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Miller is just nailing the sleeping. And, you know, for me, it's, it's the daytime where I'm like, you know what, I'd really just like to, to just not have to hold the baby for a second. I would just love for somebody to use their arms to hold up this child. And that's okay too. It doesn't mean I don't love him. It means I love him enough to take care of me. Uh, and that makes me a really good mom at 7.30 PM when I'm putting him to bed or 4am when he wakes up. And so I really think, you know, writing your own version of parenthood before taking the time off is important, but also recognizing you won't really know what it's, what it's really like until you're off. And that's, that's okay. It really is a journey. I I actually, you know, I used to hear moms talk about being a mom and I would think, yeah, yeah, but I'll probably still feel the same. And for me, I feel like a different woman and it feels really cool. It's like this new version of myself that I get to meet, um, which is really fun. So I really hope that, you know, you have an experience where you get to meet parts of you that you just don't really know very well yet. And the, and the good parts. I'm sure I'll meet some not some very <laughs> ugly parts as well when I'm very, very tired, but yeah. the sleepless parts, yeah. the yes. sleepless parts, but you know what there's moments. And, and I, I think you might have this because you've worked with your partner. We used to do it at work where we'd look at each other. If something was just going so off the rails and we'd just start laughing. That's what happens when your baby is up screaming in the middle of the night and you try everything. And we're just like, well, babies cry (laughs) and you just look at each other and you're just like I don't know and you know I think I think that's the journey which is you get to to kind of learn how to cope with a whole new level of unknown yeah it kind of makes like an employee issue seem like nothing right once you've kept a human alive (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we laugh a lot about that and it's true you you know, there's a human who relies on you and you're like, oh yeah, remember that thing we used to worry about? Like that hasn't even crossed my mind in months. And so it's a really fun adventure. What are you most excited for when you think about, you know, leaving work or becoming a mom? I think the excitement is, I've always said like, I've, I'm not the person who like grew up dying to be a mom, like as evidenced by the fact that I just told you, I put it off as long as humanly possible, where it was either like baby or divorce. Like (laughs) it probably would have been the decision. I'm just kidding. Kev was wonderful and did not pressure me at all. But, um, I think what I'm most excited for is to have, like, I am so close with my mom. She's like my best friend and we do so much stuff together. And so I'm excited to have that, that relationship between a mother and a daughter. And I really wanted a girl and I steeled myself for it being a boy. Cause I'm like, no, the universe won't give me what I want. Like, obviously I'm going to get the opposite. And when they told me it was a girl, I was, it was like the best moment ever, Um, so I think I'm really excited to have this like mini me who 
I can also kind of hopefully show, you know, that she can do big things and like that, you know, it's a different time growing up in 2021 too. So hopefully she already knows that from the society that we live in, but I'm very excited to, to, for the baby phase, but I'd say I've always been more excited for the, like the, the small human phase where, you know, they engage with you and you kind of have that relationship, but in the mat leave sense of things, like I'm going to be honest, Megan, you're probably the same. Like, I don't really remember the last time I took a trip or vacation and like completely disconnected. And so I think I'm excited for this forced disconnection of not feeling the compulsion to look at my phone and see a Slack message or to check my email and to maybe just like when I have downtime to not stare at a screen. Cause I'm very bad for that. Well, and they'll be staring at a little baby and you know, probably through a screen sometimes too for my monitor, but for your baby monitor, (laughs) you totally will. And I I'm like you, I I'm going to be 36 in August. I waited too. And I never have any moments where I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't wait because I got to learn everything that I wanted to learn about me as a career person up to this point. I mean, there's tons of learning, but now I get to learn this new adventure. And so, so I like you, I'm like that. And you know what? You're going to stare at the little baby. And just like you can get text neck from your phone, you can get baby neck from looking at your baby and staring at your baby. So find a really good physiotherapist. (laughs) Um, It'll matter. And I think, you know, for me, I have a different experience of you where my mom passed away when I was 16. And so I've been experiencing um, and, and talking to other moms about it who might struggle in their family relationships, where it's, well, what would my mom have taught me? What are the things I wish she could tell me now? And so for me, it's been a really neat journey to channel that and to think, what do I want to leave for Miller? What do I want to teach Miller about me as his mom? And then otherwise, I mean, it's really cool to see your child be so loved. They bring so much love, you know, grandparents and relatives and friends. It's, it's this whole new sense of community and love that um, you just see people get really excited, which is really cool. Oh my nice. Gosh. I'm excited for that too. Ladies, I have to wrap up our conversation. I feel like we can probably talk for another few hours. There's just so much. Um, Before we go, Erin, what would you say you're taking from this conversation today? How are you feeling? Oh my goodness, so much. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm so grateful that this is your first return to anything business related and that I got to be the beneficiary of all of your amazing insights. Um, I think it's just given me confidence that I'm not missing anything that there's like, you know, I'm taking the right approach. And actually the biggest takeaway for me is like put boundaries in place for yourself and, and probably give someone else like the password to your stuff so that you physically cannot actually access them. Because, um, I think to your point, Megan, the, the, the feeling that you're giving your team permission to shine by actually stepping out of it is a great reminder of why. And also, um, yeah, just the, the kind of lean into who you are as a person and be okay with the fact that what you thought might happen may not. And as type a female founders, you can't plan every aspect of this from the birth to how you're going to feel. And you have to be okay with kind of flying by the seat of your pants. Thank you. And, and I have to say, Erin, I just want to say thank you so much for um, hearing me out and really, you know, accepting what I had to say um, with, with grace, because I think 
You know, another thing as a mom is we get a lot of unsolicited advice. And now that I am a mom, I'm like, oh, was that a little unsolicited? And so I am so grateful for being able to share because this is new for me and I'm going to learn and I'm going to keep learning. And, you know, I think, I think it's, it's going to be a lifetime of learning. And so I want to say thank you. This solidified a little bit of what I've, what I've come to know about myself throughout this journey. And so thank you so much. Uh, for hearing me out. And I'm so excited for you um, on what the next stage is going to be because, you know, you're going to make it your own and you're going to be a great mom and great founder in whatever way that works best for you. So thank you. Here's hoping, Megan. And good luck with months (laughs) five and beyond. Oh, I got your back if you need anything. So I'm going to hunt you down on the internet. Hunt me down (laughs) in the mom economy. (laughs) Yes. The mom economy is amazing. And so, you know, if you feel like going out and learning something or buying something, reach out to moms because we're like, take it. Here you go. You need this. You don't need that. And so moms are pretty special. Thank you to wonderful moms for being here. (laughs) I know that for those who are listening right now, if you've got your headphones on and you're walking, whether you're pregnant or you're not, or you're a mom or you're not, um, or you're just thinking about how this might apply in other ways, I think there are just so many takeaways and so many things to think about um, when it comes to being a CEO and a founder and uh, and a mom or soon to be mom. So thank you for being here. I, uh, yeah, just love you both. And business is never just about the business, right? It's about all the other components that affect our lives as entrepreneurs. So thanks for having this conversation today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I loved this conversation with Aaron and Meg. They opened up about their fears and their challenges, their relationships with their partners, and their honest perspectives on motherhood and business leadership. Today, I invite you to think about this. How can you set boundaries at work and at home to set yourself up for success when you're taking time away from the business? Even more importantly, how can your team or a key team member like Meg CFO support you and the rest of your team in holding those boundaries while you're away? I'm also thinking about what an opportunity this is for your team. Taking a full mat leave or pat leave or taking on another project or even a long vacation is a huge opportunity to see what your team is really capable of and to elevate your role so that when you come back, you can focus on the things that really need your attention and give yourself in the time and the space to be the visionary. Lastly, I'm thinking about surrendering to the journey. I was struck by how different Meg seems now that she's a mom, how much she's let go of the day-to-day control of her business, and most importantly, how much fulfillment she's found in motherhood alongside entrepreneurship. So think about this. Where could you let go a little bit and find more fulfillment in your life alongside your business? Thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait for you to meet the rest of the incredible entrepreneurs who are joining me on the podcast. I'll be releasing new episodes every Wednesday, so be sure to follow the podcast on whichever app you use so that you don't miss out on insights, inspiration, and big ideas. Do you know someone who could really use these nuggets of knowledge? Take a quick screenshot, post it on social, and tag a friend or two, or just text it straight to them. That's really why I created this podcast to share this expertise and peer-to-peer support with you and all the other entrepreneurs that need it. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful for a quick five-star rating and review on whatever app you're listening on. It'll go a long way to helping me serve and support even more entrepreneurs. Thanks again for joining me. I can't wait to connect with you again next week. We'll see you soon.